Hey, it's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. I'll be back in a minute with this week's conversation about resilience. But first, if you wish to create a better life and have a better career, then please visit michaelobrienshift.com and download your free workbook on how to create a better life. In it, you'll discover ways to find more energy for the things and the people who matter most to you so you can create a better tomorrow. Hey there, it's Michael, and welcome to this week's conversation about resilience. I'm going to share a few lessons I've learned from my oldest daughter who turned 23 over the weekend. Now, I'm not sure who said it first, nor the venue, but they deserved a mic drop when they said this. As a parent, the days are long and the years are short. If you're a parent, you can say amen to that or damn skippy, although I don't think anyone really says damn skippy, except maybe me. But you can say whatever you wish to say in agreement because this is so true. As a parent, the days can be super long and the years are incredibly short. Now, if you caught last week's conversation, you know I spent it in self-quarantine along with The Queen's Gamut from Netflix, a whole bunch of ginger ale, cinnamon sugar toast. So I have a little carb craving, a little sweet craving when I'm under the weather and a whole bunch of PBR time, our kind, of course, pause, breathe, and reflect until I was able to get my negative corona test back. So this week, I'm healthy. And this past weekend, we celebrated Elle's 23rd birthday. And I am still shaking my head because I don't think I'm old enough to have a 23-year-old, but indeed I do. I'm old enough and I have one. It just feels like yesterday when I held her for the first time. And I used to rock her to sleep listening to Patsy Cline. I won't sing Patsy for you. That's my gift to you because I cannot sing. And as soon as she was asleep, I put her down in her crib and then she would wake again. She would cry. She just wanted to be held. And there were definitely days when we thought as she was growing up, did we have enough in us when we got knocked down? Could we get back up again to survive the long days, the terrible twos, the teenage years, the worry, the anxiety, even when our kids go off to college? Can we survive the long days? Because the long days seem to last forever. And then something magical happens. Those moments ripple into many beautiful ones. And then we could exhale. And we could realize, you know what? We got this. A little bit more confidence. We could keep pedaling forward. And in many ways, 2020 feels like parenting. We've had some long, blurry days where we've wondered, can we get through this? We've been knocked down, but can we get back up again? How long will this last? And the year, I like to say the year is the longest, shortest year ever, has rushed by. I can't believe we're already into December. And this brings me to one of the things I value most about Elle. Long before Brene Brown, long before she reached the TED stage and educated us on courage and vulnerability, I learned it from her. I learned it from Elle. Her courage to feel what she needed to feel so she could handle what she needed to handle. Even when she was nervous, going back to like preschool, show and tell, if you will, she found a way to feel what she needed to feel and then handle what she needed to handle so she could keep pedaling towards a better tomorrow. 
And ever since she was in high school, she's been passionate about demystifying emotional health so we could talk openly about it. As we do, like, say, orthopedic health or cardiovascular health. Think about it. We talk openly about an ACL repair or a meniscus repair in our knee or a hip replacement or a knee replacement or bypass surgery for our heart. We talk about all those other conditions so openly. But so many of us get so uncomfortable when we start talking about anxiety or depression or diseases of the central nervous system, our noggin, our brain. Even though so many of us, because of what we face this year, are dealing with it more so today than ever before. And something happened last week coming off the holiday. Maybe it was due to an accumulation of all of our long days, but this week I could, I could feel something different. The emotional burden that so many of us have been carrying around, the cumulative effect, if you will. Our backpacks, well, you don't need me to tell you this, they're heavy. But somehow, some way, we have to figure out how to empty our backpacks so we can keep pedaling forward so we can create a better normal because the light is at the end of the tunnel. It's not an oncoming train. There's light. But we need to have the energy once we're through the tunnel to be able to create that better tomorrow. But right now, we're still in the tunnel. So we still need to feel what we need to feel. And I'll start here. I think this is about awareness, it's also about acceptance, which then can lead us to action, and then a little bit more agility, which we need a bunch of, along with resilience as we head into 2021. We need to start recognizing that we're emotional creatures who sometimes think, as opposed to how we think of ourselves as these rational beings who are sometimes emotional. It's accepting that our emotions get the first crack at our experiences. How we see the world will drive how we feel about it, which then will influence how we show up in it. We're emotional. That's part of our reptilian brain, our lizard brain, if you will. So instead of repressing what we're feeling, we need to acknowledge what we're feeling. We need to feel what we need to feel. So in essence, we're gonna pull a page from Elle's book. We need to feel what we need to feel so we can empty our backpack. When we repress things, all those stones and rocks and boulders and everything else that we throw in our backpack just piles up. This is how I was before my last bad day, before my accident. And when you pile things up in your backpack, man, it gets heavy. And I think for a lot of us, it's pretty heavy right now as we look towards the end of 2020. These moments that we're having are moments made for PBR, our kind, of course, the pause, breathe, and reflect. So we can take our body armor off. We can tap into our strong core. We need a strong core in order to take that armor off, that mask off, and try to reframe things. So we can see things maybe a little bit differently and therefore head in a slightly different direction. So after we've been knocked down, and we've been knocked down this year, we can get back up with a little bit more wisdom and head in a slightly different direction towards that creation of a better tomorrow. Because ultimately, and this is a lesson I learned in cycling, we go where our eyes go. Meaning, wherever you place your attention is where you place your energy. All the events in your life are neutral until you label them, meaning that nothing has meaning until you give it meaning. 
And we can use the energy of our emotions to fuel us forward instead of just sitting in the emotion and feeling, say, anger or fear or worry or anxiety, which we all should feel, acknowledge that we're feeling that, but not staying in there so long that we become anger or we become the worry or we become the anxiety or we become the fear. And the thing is, Along the way, we're going to get stuck. We've gotten stuck plenty of times this year. We're going to get plenty stuck plenty of times in 2021 as well. And sometimes we just stay with those emotions far too long, and then we become them, as opposed to feeling them. So many people say, I'm angry. Well, it's like, well, maybe that's not the case. You're feeling the emotion of anger, but you're not anger just yet. But when we repress it, it's so easy to become anger. And we know plenty of people who are angry all the time. They are anger because they haven't done anything to release or acknowledge and then release what they're feeling. Empty a few stones from that backpack of theirs. So when we get into this mode, and it's common to get into this mode, where we don't feel it, we don't release it, instead of we repress it, this is where we need a strong peloton. We need others to help us shift our perspective. And this is another lesson I learned from Elle because she picks some amazing friends along the way. She's got this great Peloton of hers that brings out the best in her and she in turn brings out the best in them. That's what a strong Peloton is all about. So a strong Peloton in these moments like 2020 and beyond can help us shift our perspective when we're stuck or they can lift us back up when we fall down, which is part of resilience. They're the hand up that we're looking for. Or they'll try to challenge us to push us through that resistance that we may be feeling, that resistance we know we need to get through intellectually, but emotionally we're stuck. But if we can get through that, when we get through that, there's something beautiful on the other side. Again, this notion of a strong Peloton, I learned from her. And a strong Peloton helps make these long days just a little bit shorter. So I'm grateful that she knows how to ride with people who bring out the best in her. And I'm confident you can as well. I think we all can. This year, we should have spent a few moments, if we haven't already, we have a few more weeks to do so, in pause, breathe, and reflect mode, and really thinking about who are we riding with and are they bringing out the best in us? In the Better Life Workbook that I mentioned each week up front, there's an exercise that you can do to understand who is in your Peloton. Because I look at your Peloton as having at least five distinct roles, professionally and personally. Someone there to help clarify things, someone to be there in a crisis, someone there to comfort you, someone there to challenge you, and then of course, to celebrate with you. So as we get into December, as we flip from a month of gratitude, which is something that should happen each and every day. That's part of my grace model, gratitude, reframing, agility, community, which is your Peloton and energy management. That's how you have or can create more resilience. So as we go into the month of gift giving and presence, I will encourage you to be present. Be in this moment, feel what you need to feel. And then make sure you're riding with the people who bring out the best in you, who are also present. Because when we're 
all present with each other, we can make such a powerful connection that can help us create a better tomorrow when we get to the end of this tunnel. Because I don't want to go back. I don't want to go through all that we've been through and go back to how we were living. And if you're listening to the Kintsugi podcast, I'm sure that you feel the same way. Because ultimately, we got this if we got each other. And I know my oldest would echo that if she was on. So there you have it. A couple little lessons from Al about courage and vulnerability, as well as making sure you're riding with the right people. Over the last 23 years, she has made me a better person as her younger daughter also has in different ways. And that's the really cool thing about parenting. Yes, the days are long and the years are short, but they're also magical. And they'll be really honest with you. You'll see things in them that you might love about yourself. You might see things in them that you might not love about yourself, but they're a beautiful mirror into how you parent and how you show up as a parent, how you show up as a human being. And I'm ever so grateful that I get to do the job of parenting. It's one of the most important jobs I have, in addition to being a husband. So when I came out of my recovery, I I had my aha, and I spent so much time in comparison career-wise. When I almost lost my life and I lost my health, all I wanted then was to be the best husband I could be, the best father I could be, just the best human being I could be for other human beings. That's all I cared about. And I'm so thankful I get to do all three of those jobs, trying to march towards mastery, trying to be a little bit better tomorrow than I am today. I'm so grateful that I get to do that. And I'm grateful that I get to reach out to you each week through the Kintsugi podcast. But hey, before I go, just want to give a huge shout out to everyone that bought Pause, Breathe, and Reflect gear. The coolest gift this holiday season is calm, is a little mindfulness, and pause, breathe, and reflect gear. Our t-shirts, our sweatshirt that's entirely made in the U.S. right outside of Los Angeles, our hats are all great reminders for all of us to pause, breathe, and reflect. Because slow is smooth and smooth is fast. We can just get more stuff done if we approach life that way. So. If you haven't already, I will encourage you to place an order because I don't have elves working at our house. It's just me getting the merchandise out. So I want to make sure it gets out to you in time for Hanukkah or time for Christmas. And you can provide the gift of calm. And if you are a corporation looking to buy a whole bunch for a whole bunch, then just message me at michaelobrienshift.com or thekintsugipodcast.com. And we'll make that happen. I just had a client gift 250 Pause, Breathe, and Reflect t-shirts, as well as Breath by James Nestor, who we had on this podcast several weeks ago and was featured in our Leadership Academy. So again, thank you for helping me get through the first uh, bit of the holiday season, first ever for me. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you've listened, you share this, you subscribe, and you comment. It means a lot, a little, our little community of ours. So until next week's conversation about resilience, I'll encourage you, as always, to pause, breathe, and reflect. And of course, 
Have fun storming the castle. We'll talk to you next week.